Hello, and welcome to another episode of Okunas the Contractor's Life. I'm your host, Scott Dresser. Uh, my guest today is a uh, special guest. His uh, name is Patrick Sovey. He is, uh, interestingly, uh, he is what we call in the industry a TCN or third country national. Um, I won't uh, bother trying to butcher what that all means, but uh, for those who are listening, he's not. He is a he is a former contractor, uh, and he's got some interesting story. And uh, so without any further ado or anything, I thought I'd uh, introduce Patrick Sovey to the show. Patrick, welcome. Oh, thank you very much, sir. Um, <laughs> good evening or good afternoon or good morning, as the case may be, to the viewers or to the listeners. Um, my name is Patrick B.K. Sovey, Jr. for short. Um, I was a former TCN. Um, I hail from the Republic of Sierra Leone in West Africa. And Sierra Leone... In West Africa, uh, it's bounded between the Republic of Guinea and the Republic of Liberia. And so Sierra Leone is one of the few countries in the world that is endowed with mineral resources. But because of um, greed, selfishness, and corruption, and the country remains poor. So, like, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's yeah. awesome, man. You know, Sierra Leone, when you and I talked uh, earlier... Uh, we had we talked about some of the guys that uh, I'd met and worked with, uh, uh, mostly in Iraq, that were from uh, the country of Africa, you know, and, and the various countries, um, including Sierra Leone and some of the others. Um, and some of them were pretty interesting. Some of them had some very interesting uh, histories and backgrounds, uh, and uh, you know, and the discussions with them about uh, the culture and one thing or another over there and what it's like. Um, it was very interesting. I mean, it was a good thing. Some of these guys were really good squared away dudes, and they really had my back in a lot of things. And uh, one of them, I think, uh, there was really interesting ones, but the ones, the one that I always remember is one guy who had the title of Bushmaster. Mm-hmm. And you know what that is, right? Yes. So <clears throat> for the folks that are listening, since I brought it up... <laughs> Can you uh, briefly explain to people that are listening, uh, if you're from Africa and you have the title Bushmaster, what does that mean? Um, well, thank you very much. Um, Africa is, um, is, is is a big, because let me break it down for some people who are Americans who just think Africa is just like one state. Africa is a continent, just like the United States of America. And you have North America and South America. And Africa has like 54 different countries. And then I'm hailing from the western part of Africa, which is West Africa. And we have, I speak English perfectly. And But to your question, when they say somebody is a bushmaster, it means somebody who is like, who is strong enough and who has undergone so many sufferings and who is very, very intense and is tenacity or tenacity as the case may be, because sometimes we have women who refer to as Bushmaster. Somebody who is have the zest and valor and who is ready to fight and to defend the country at all costs and who is also ready to um, also fight for the right of freedom and human rights and to defend what they believe. So that is what Bushmaster is for sure. Wow. So like, like, like I see myself, I would say I'm a Bushmaster coming from a clan of warriors and um, my great grandfather was part of the Boma War. 
and he was a former ex veteran, like all the people who say here in the United States. And my clan, I'm from the Mende tribe in Sierra Leone, and we are from the south and eastern part of the country. And we are the people who go to war most, and because of my tribe. And Mendes originated from the Manus, who are original warriors who came from Man, but they invaded the west coast of Africa, including Liberia, and then they invaded Sierra Leone, and then they settled in the south and eastern part. So, like, it is only my tribe in Sierra Leone that we go into Kanta, K-A-N-T-H-A, which is a secluded place where you are trained the art of warfare and you are trained how to talk to people and how to behave in public and then how to rule. And the current president in my country is from my tribe, um, Tad Brigadier, Julius Madabio, and so many other warriors are coming from my clan. So, like, it's in it in us and war and warlike and fighting is part of us, but we have to do it and for the good, for the general public. And when you do those things, you don't, and also um, it is, you, 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 you take an oath, uh, you, you subscribe to an oath in, in, your, in your traditional city because it is only in our clan that you go through the poorer and windy society and in which you, 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 you to subscribe to an oath like never to abuse people like to sexually abuse women or to like to do some things that are despicable and uh, that that do not conform to the fundamental human rights or like violate the, the, the what they call the Geneva Convention in international law. Hmm. So that was the meaning of Bushmaster. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So now <clears throat> you said your one of your relatives was a Bushmaster. Are you also a Bushmaster? I'm also a Bushmaster because it's coming from the clan, like a clan of warriors. Like okay. if somebody say like 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 I can put it like you realize in the United States, like so many people like like I'll here as example, like the foreign like the current vice president, um vice Mike Pence is a former veteran and then his son also is a is a is a military is a current military officer. So hmm. like they have like the warrior clan in there within their family. Like if you look at um, the former president, President George Bush, he was also a pilot. He was in the military. If you look like at uh, people like Senator McCain, the late John McCain uh, of blessed memory, he will tell you that if if he was an African, they will refer to him as like a real Bushmaster, because hmm. like he went to the war, he was a veteran, but he decided not to leave no one behind. He was captured, and he was brave enough to 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 rescue some of his colleagues, and then they came back came back home safely. So like those those are some of our local balance we call it in Africa. Like when somebody say, Oh, is a bush is a bushmaster, meaning he has seen it all, he has gone through all and he's a fearless warrior for sure. Huh. And that is why in in Africa, like you, you realize that we have like my country suffer for a brutal civil war because we have so much people because of the suffering and hardship and people decide to take their fate. It's just war, 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 war. So you realize that most of us coming from a TCN countries. Like, I would say I'm one of the few, lucky few, who was able to transcend to the United States and then out of, which I'll come to later, like, I was able to get a university education from back home. And because of my culture and clan and training and attitude and faith in God, then I was able to transcend. As I speak, I'm the only Sierra Leonean with a PhD in law and policy. That yeah. is why I'm so... 
I'm so free, I'm so happy, and I'm so grateful to all contractors uh, because without you, without this company or without the United States giving a person like me an opportunity to to go to places like Iraq and Afghanistan and Kuwait and to be a contractor as a TCM, there was no way I was going to reach this mark. <laughs> so that's why I'm so yes, that's why I'm so proud of all contractors, the former veterans or former military officers, like. I will say on and then because my passion is to go to the military. But as of now, we'll talk about that <laughs> as time unfolds. But you know, I, I'm and I'm glad to you know to hear what you know. Uh, you 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 know we've talked before and we're talking now, and and you can hear the enthusiasm in your voice and the sincerity, and it's really great to hear because. You know, especially this time, you know, what 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 America's been going through, what we've experienced here in the last 12 months or so, there's been so much bashing and trashing of the uh, of America and the American way. And people, you know, and, and people like us look around and we go, You've, you folks forget how good you have it. They forget, mm-hmm. you know, how privileged they are, the liberties, the rights, the freedoms that they have. Um, and then, you know, so many times they point the fingers, you know, about people who've immigrated to this country and yada, yada, yada. And we're saying, well, you know, we don't think you people are saying it right because there's people like you right now, Patrick, that are saying, you know, I came from a far worse place and I've and I've seen the face of war. And I've been there with you Americans, and and I have the opportunities to do the things I've done and am doing now, and uh, it's really great. So I'm just saying it's really, really heartwarming to hear somebody, you know, because I've worked with, I don't, you and I never worked together, but I've worked with your, with your brethren from Sierra yes. Leone in Iraq, yes. And, yes. And, and, and you could tell a good person from a bad person. It doesn't matter where they come from. But, I mean, I knew good people from Sierra Leone. I knew bad people from Sierra Leone. And it was always refreshing to work with and meet with somebody from another country that had a good attitude and, and saw things the way they really were and were appreciative of the opportunities that they got to improve themselves and make themselves better. And, and you're a shining example. Uh, you have a... You know, especially from 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 your humble beginnings, you have a fairly impressive resume. Um, I mean, you've got a, a law degree, a PhD, and and I mean, um, so let's let's step back a little bit and let's tell okay. folks uh, a little bit about uh, your history before you got into contracting, what you did, and the path that you got to that that you know how that looks that path to becoming a contractor and, and how you be, how you uh, have the uh, credentials that you have now oh, well thank you very much um i like to your first um statement when you talk about um the united states like what i've gone through what the united states have gone through and the way people perceive contractors and immigrants coming to this country and i would like to say a big thank you to the united states and to you in particular, and to all Americans. The United States is the greatest country on earth. Um, this is the only country where you can come, you can immigrate to, and then you can be anything that you want to, to be. And 
the, the, the enormous opportunities that are in America you will not find in any country because I've traveled in well over 60 different countries. I hail from Sierra Leone and I've gone to the Middle East. I studied in Europe. Um, but to my background, um, I'm one of the lucky few Sierra Leoneans that was lucky to have a good father that impacted hard work and brevity into me. Um, my dad was a former ambassador and a career diplomat back home. Um, Honorable Patrick Sovi of blessed memory. He was also a former members of Congress, member of Congress, like what is a member of Parliament, but we are like a congressman. Hmm. So, like I saw him growing, I saw him pushing this tenacity for education. So, like that is what they invited in me. And we hail from a small town called Blama, in the eastern part of Sierra Leone, in the Kenema district in the eastern part of Sierra Leone and Sierra Leone, the eastern part of the country is where they have the Damophilus area. So like you realize that most of my other colleagues would prefer to go to the mines because it's easy to get a diamond, you can pick up a diamond and become rich overnight. Hmm. But my dad said no, and education is the key and you have to seek education. And then because of he was a Christian, because in Africa you have the different tribes and you have the different religion, like Muslims are attached to marry four wives. But as a Christian, you're only entitled to marry to one wife. So he was only married to our mom and he gave back to four of us. So like all of his investment is spent on education. Hmm. So I'm the third in the family, but I'm I'm the bravest because they call me, my my traditional name is called Kaitonge, meaning warlike. So like I look like my great grandfather, they said, who was very, very brave and active that went to the Boma War. So hmm. like for my foundation like i have a humble beginning and um, before being a contractor well i went to this the my primary school at um, the holy rosary primary school because we have a lot of catholic schools because of and um, during the 16th centuries and we have the cms missions that went to africa and they went and propagated christianity and then you have islam the people the people from north africa or the middle east that went and have propagated muslim so like my country, thank God for Sierra Leone. Sierra Leone is one of the only countries where you have religious tolerance. By that I mean you have Christians and Muslims getting along. Mm. Like you can't find that one in Nigeria. And Sierra Leone is one of the peaceful countries on earth. We had a decade of civil war, which lasted from 1991 to 2002, but that what ended. It was one of the brutal civil war in modern history. And mm. we had the special court in Sierra Leone. But my background, by and large, I hail from a small family, humble family, but my father was able, I was able to go to school, did my primary school, do my high school in one of the um, the first protectorate secondary school, which is called the government secondary school. And it is, or the both school for short. And my admission number for the record is 7158. And because if you go to both school, just like if you're a contractor, they ask you for some of your APO numbers or things like that. Or know that they are talking to the right person. So like just like if you go to both school, my admission number is seven one five eight. You click it up, you go to both school, they'll say that's Ovi Patrick Manchester Block C. And both school is a high school that was built to train sons of nominees. And so like the current president and the retired brigadier Julius Madabio and is, 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 a, is an alumni of the both school and you have most like the former president, former leaders attended that school. So that school, they train you 
the art of leadership and they built on you and it is the school is located in the protectorate where I mean the southern part of the country but it's a grade a school as to compare to the school in the city like you have the Sierra Leone grammar school in Freetown for people who don't know Africa we have the Sierra Leone grammar school which is based in Freetown it's one of the best secondary schools so I went to both school I did my fifth form and then proceeded to the Albert Academy I did a low and upper six and then I got my like what you call the GED certificate to proceed to the all the um, to the first modern university in sub-Saharan Africa, which is called the Furabe College, the University of Sierra Leone. And the Furabe College, University of Sierra Leone, happens to be the citadel of learning and the apogee of academia. It is the it was the first um, modern West African college built in sub-Saharan Africa. So you have all these people coming from West Africa, Nigeria, Ghana, and um, Togo and other places rushing to go to Sierra Leone to go to school. So as of now, they, we are referring to Sierra Leone, my country, as um, the antes of West Africa. Because why antes of West Africa? Because uh, Greeks, the Greece, Greek, they have their capital state is called Athens, and they have democracy and they refer to them as the bastion of education because of their democratic tenets, because that's where the principle of democracy started. So Sierra Leone was coined as, was termed as the antes of West Africa. So I went to um, Fabi College, University of Sierra Leone, graduated from 2001 and 2005. I studied library information and communication studies. I graduated as an information scientist. So there was, a, during that time, the war was raging. And then we are going through senseless, with bitter war. But luckily for me, my parents were so smart. So like from the east, they kept on pushing us. As the war is coming closer, we kept pushing us to the south. Then I was still going to school. I was still, my parents became displaced. My mother became displaced. Then I was on my own. And luckily for me, the high school was a boarding school. So I was there by, by myself. Then I started sending for myself. Then I took my own future into my own hands. And I have decided to have absolute faith, trust in God. And I never decided to leave school. I continued going to school. And then by 2005, and then I graduated from the school from, with my first degree, I have a bachelor's degree in information sciences. Then the war was raging in Iraq and we have these other things happening all over the world. And then at the time we have this international communists, America communists looking for smart Africans who can go to Iraq, Afghanistan, and other places and they to provide cheaper labor. Because they compare, they say, well, we can hire this person as an African, but he's as smart and he can do the work in which an American, if you say you're going to hire an American, maybe you're going to pay him like twice or four times. So like that's how I started going to contracting. So my first contract was to Kuwait. I went to Kuwait. And I was the only Sierra Leone to work in the Kuwait oil company as the admin and financial officer. Then I started working as um, HSC and legal advisor there. Then through me, I was able to incorporate and recruit my other Sierra Leonean. So we were able to, they were able to recruit about 400 of us. As I speak, most of us are in all over the world now, some are, some are in UK, some are in other parts of the world. So we went to Kuwait. And then, but because of my attitude and perseverance and dedication to work, 
and I always humble myself. Then I was able to translate so that and there was a contract for people to, to go to Iraq. But everybody was afraid to go to Iraq. So I said, well, mm -hmm. I'm here. I have to do, I have, there's no turning back. So I signed a contract. Then I went to Iraq. I worked for KBR. Then I was at the green zone. Later, I proceeded to Tikrit. Come C1, I was there. I went to Bakuba. Then after that, I went to Afghanistan. I was there up to 2009. Then the proceeds I got from Iraq and Afghanistan and some of my colleagues, like the higher people that I was working with who are Americans, I met a military major for security reasons, I will not call his name here, who was my boss doing the contracting. And I was humble, like I was making sure that I used to iron his uniform, like at the weekends when I work, I call my eye on his uniform, take care of his, his billet, clean the place. So like each week when I do that, he will give me like $20. And for Sierra Leonean at that time, $20 for the US, you say it's a small money, but from where I'm coming from, $20 is a huge money. That one can feed the whole family for like a week. So I used to keep those money. I kept those money. And then luckily for me, interestingly for me, uh, there was a time when this major was called. They, 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 they decided to call him to come back to the United States. They had to have some arrangement to do then. What happened was that he said, well, Patrick, I've worked with you. I trust you. I'm going to leave my house with you. You're going to stay in this village. Then I'm coming back. So he traveled back to the US. And then I was there. And then some of my colleagues started coming to me. They said, oh, Patrick, oh, you are lucky. You see, now you have all of these things. What you are going to do is you have to take everything that you can handle and try to leave this place and go back to Sierra Leone. When you go back, you go to start your own life. There is no way this person is going to trace you and you're going to be rich, this and that, blah, blah, blah. So I said, look, people, you're crazy. <laughs> There's no way on earth that an American will not, would, they will not be able to find you. And besides, I believe in working hard for my hand on what I believe in. So I did not yield to the advice. I stayed there three weeks and the fourth week later, and then the major returned back home. But then... I realized that um, whilst I was cleaning the house and I was doing all those household chores, like each time when I'm cleaning like the bathroom, like the, I go to the bathroom to clean or I go to the rock, I started realizing that I'll find money. Then I started finding money like under his pillow. I finally started finding money in his pocket. Like when I want to go and take these things to wash, I started finding money. So I kept those money and then until those money was up to like in the tune of $1,000. And then, because of my culture, because of my clan, we are taught not to take anything that was not given to us. Like the food that is left at the, in the refrigerator for like those snacks, like those things, it came back and left like some of them were got spoiled. So they said, oh, Patrick, but all these things I left them, why did you not eat them? Then I said, well, please, sir, well, you only told me to take care of the house. You never told me to eat anything. So like my culture does not allow me to take, like for us, that is stealing. Huh. So, yeah, so like he told me, he said, well, oh, Patrick, well, then I said, oh, I saw that you've cleaned the place, you've made the place tidy, oh, everything, my uniforms are all packed, my everything is packed in order. So what do you want me to do for you? Then I said, please, I said, when, whilst I was packing, I found out that these are the monies and the, I found in your pocket. Some of them, I found them on the floor. Some of them, I found them under the pillow. 
So the money went into the tune of $1,000. So I gave him back the money. So he shook his head and started smiling. And then, then I said, what happened? Then, then, then he told me, he said, listen, I'm going to take you. Let's go to the DFAC. So we, go, we went to the DFAC. He said, Patrick, what do you want here? And I said, well, I only took water. I said, I only want water. So out of that, so he said, I trust you today. Hmm. So he said, I am going to help you. So out of that, he gave me like $2,000. Then wow. he told me, he said, he said, yes. he said, he said I was testing you. Wow. All this money, he said, yes. he said, all this money I threw, it, it was deliberate. I did it on purpose for me to test you. I wanted to see the kind of person you are. So wow. eventually, coming down, rolling down. So like um, in 2009 now, um, when my contract was getting ended in Iraq, then he decided to come back to the U.S. Then I went back to Sierra Leone. But thank God for the internet, we are still in speaking terms we are communicating back and forth and then so i went back all the proceeds i got i went i built a small house for my family i helped my mom and parents mm. and then i used 80 percent of the money to go back to school so i invested mm. in myself so i went back to the same university and at this time decided to study law so i studied bachelor's of law and then from 2009 to 2013 so i graduated with an llb honors degree in law which is like a jd here so, and hmm. then for me, um, from 2009 to 2013, then from 2013 now, then Sierra Leone had then Ebola struck. Then we have the deadly Ebola virus. So like Ebola started killing people. So I lost half of my family. I have half of my people, like in the villages, people who are dying, health and health in Sierra Leone. But then one day I said, well, this is not life. I have to do something about it. So then... I started communicating, I went to my email. Then luckily for me, I contacted this former military officer. So lo and behold, he was then in Afghanistan, he was stationed in Afghanistan, he was still working, he was in Afghanistan. Then he said, Patrick, oh, what, what's up? He said, what are you doing now? So I told him, I said, hey, I just finished my LLB degree and about about, about to go to the law school, um, but currently the Ebola deadly disease is here and there is no way I'm stuck. Then he said, oh, don't worry. I'm going to send you an invitation letter. And I'm going to send at the US embassy. So luckily for me, he sent an invitation for me. All the papers went to the embassy. By then, um, I've gone back. Some of the skills that I've learned in Kuwait, Iraq, and Afghanistan, I, I opened a, 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 a small company, a recruiting company, for, uh, because I was, I was recruiting, helping the government recruiting because Sierra Leone, like most West Africa or Africa countries, the, one of the key problems we have is um, youth unemployment. So I decided mm. to help the government. Like So I was contacting a few people I knew in Kuwait, in Iraq, and other places, like doing legal recruitment. Because like in Kuwait, you know, they have like six different visas. Like if you, have, if you recruit somebody with, with visa 18, then that is the prescribed visa. But if you send somebody with visa 20, then that is human trafficking and is contravening international law. So, like, the government said, well, this guy is very smart. He's from the Middle East. He knows, he speaks Arabic. He's a former contractor. I think we can use tap, of, tap on his knowledge to see what he can offer us. So, like, the government hired me. So I became, like, the CEO and, and, and a liaison officer between the government and international organizations that are coming from the Middle East. Hmm. So by then, I had this bachelor's degree now. 
Now I have two bachelor's degree, and then I went to the embassy now. I'm working. I, I have a company. I have some few... Uh, 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 I have some few uh, box in my account that will make them know that hey, I'm not a person of straw. Then I applied. I went to the U.S. Embassy. So when I went to the U.S. Embassy, it was interesting because that was the last day that we are going to close for the embassy. We are going to close because of the Ebola. We hmm. are going to. They have. Yes, they said. Well, they have. They have an advice and instruction from the U.S. for them to close down because of the Ebola. So then when I went, then the lady that was interviewing me, the consul said, oh, I said, Patrick, I said, have you ever traveled? Then I said, yes. I said, I'm a former contractor. So then luckily for me, she said, oh, really? He said, are you a former contractor? Where have you worked? I said, well, I've served in Iraq. I've served in Afghanistan. I've risked my life for the United States. I've worked at the Green Zone. I've worked in Kuwait. And then she said, place your hand, place your finger on, they, they, they have some device where they can place your finger to check for fingerprinting. So as luckily for me, I placed my hand on it, and then my face showed up, and all my information that they took whilst I was working contracting, all my information, my data show up, where I've worked, and where I've served, representing the U.S. as a TCM. Then luckily for me, the woman just said, welcome to the United States. Then she gave me a three-year visa. So wow. That, that, yeah, so that was how I was able to transcend from Africa to come to the U.S. Then, wow. My life to the U.S., let me just... <laughs> then I came to the U.S., I had an uncle who used to live in Redding, Pennsylvania, by the name of an Honorable Martin Goba, who was a member, a former member of Congress back home. So, like, he was hmm. the uncle, he was the only person I knew here. So, like, my friend, the, the military officer that helped me to come to the state was in Afghanistan. So, and there was no way I could go home because the wife was there, and I never wanted to go home and stay with the wife alone. So I still I decided to go to yeah, so I decided to go and stay with the uncle. So I was still with my uncle and then luckily for me, I started going to church in Reading PA. So I was going to church in PA and then luckily for me, um there was somebody who went to the church by the name of um um Walter Secretary. So he went to the church. He was a financial advisor. He was a former financial advisor for um, for retail. How did they call? There was a, this company that does this insurance company. So he was one of the financial advisors. So he just went to the church. I was seated close to him, but he was playing this flute. Then he said, "Hmm." He said, "You smells good." He said, "Where are you from?" Because I was putting up my African attire. Then he said, "Oh," I said, "I'm from Africa." He said, "Oh, what part?" Then I said, "Sierra Leone." So lo and behold. This gentleman had been in Sierra Leone. He went there in the seventies. So he started talking about parlance. He said, "Oh, Patrick, you you show you, you you know this tribe, you know this one." So he started inviting me to his house. Then he decided to offer me to do insurance for me to do, to go to to do insurance class so that we can go into the insurance business. But I was very strict. I knew what I wanted. I told him no. I wanted to study law. So so I started going to his house. And then we started communicating and they said, oh, he said, are you married? I said, no, I'm not married. Through him, I was able to meet my wife. So I wet my eye. Then lo and behold, the following week, he invited some people from Pennsylvania, New Jersey, another place that went to, 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 to his place. So I was there. And then luckily, we started connecting. Then that was where I met my wife, Dr. Monica Redmond-Sovi. And... 
Monica is an American citizen, she's black American, and we both graduated, we just completed our PhD degrees from Northeastern University School of Law as well. And this wow. woman, yes, this woman, since I met her, so my life transformed. Then I met her, we started talking, and then she told me, oh, what do you want to do? I said, I want to be an international lawyer. She said, well, let's go to Boston. Boston is where they have the hub of education. Boston is the citadel of learning in the United States. So from PA, I applied to several universities, and then I got accepted at Suffolk, and then I got accepted at Northeastern University School of Law. So that's how I came to Northeastern University School of Law and attended, I completed my executive master's of law in human rights and law and economic development, um, class of 2016, 2017. So because of the way I talk and the way I behave and my, my outlook and my, I'm an extrovert, I'm simple. So I became the student ambassador for the school. So upon graduation, then the director of the Northeastern University Law School of Law and Dr. Cassidy, Patrick Cassidy said, well, Patrick, we sense that you're very, very smart and you're very, very ambitious. He said, there is a program at the Northeastern College of Professional Studies that they are offering a doctorate in law and public policy. He said, why can't you try that? So luckily for me, in the class of 80 students or more, and with more than 50 nationalities, I was the only one that, this, that applied that the School of College of Professional Studies accepted to do a doctorate in law and policy. So wow. as I speak, wow. yes, as I speak, I just completed my doctorate of law and policy degree at the Northeastern College of Professional Studies. I'm now trying to study to take the bar here because um, if you are a foreign trained lawyer and then you have JD and you have all these degrees, then you have to study to take the bar here so that I can practice to be an attorney in the United States. So that is my story. That is my academic journey and how I transcend <laughs> to the United States. Man, that is, that is some that is some story. I mean, that that's you covered a lot of ground over a lot of years, and that truly is an amazing story, Patrick. I mean, <laughs> that's yeah. I mean the things you've uh, you know. I mean, a lot of people have, have you know. I don't know what the percentage is, uh, you know, and I, I don't know what the numbers are, but a lot of people you know, will tell you that they've, you know, they've seen this, they've done that, they've, they've been through this, they've suffered that, um, you know, and some of us say, well, you know, there's always someone out there who's had it worse. So no matter how bad it is, you know, don't feel bad for yourself because there's somebody out there who's had it worse. And you, you know, it's, a, your, your story is amazing because it, it, it really is a, uh, uh, it's a feel-good story because it ends really well. I mean, you've been through a lot, you've seen a lot, and uh, look at you now, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Well, there is, a, there is a bad part of it that I want to say. Like the war, the war devastated like like half of my family back home. And then like my mother was shot in front of me like at Point Blank Ridge during the war in Sierra Leone. Like, wow. Um, because like we have the, the revolutionary United Front rebels who are, it was the first time in the history of international law that um they instituted strategies in cutting hands and feet of people. So they named people's hands, they chopped people's feet, because for them, they said, well, if you have no hands, then there will be no reason why you should go and vote for the leading government. Because um, they had access to 
a demoferous part in the war in the country because like Sierra Leone is endowed with mineral resources. Sierra Leone is the place to go. Like I can use this medium also to market my country. Like Sierra Leone is peaceful now. Like, like as at yesterday, the president has just granted um, like 30 citizenship to African-Americans who are going there to trace their lineage. Like the country is very, very peaceful now, it's stable. It's the easiest place together with Ghana to do business. Mm -hmm. And Sierra Leone is just two hours away from the Republic of Ghana. So like, it's a safe place to go. So like, um, so my story, like back home, like some of my friends decided, some became rebels, some joined the military, some joined, some were doing. But I stood my ground, I said, well, I'm going to take my own future into my own hands. And um, I thank God for contracting because um, like the training and like the ethics, like the, 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 the especially the rudiments that you people imbibe in us, help shake my life. I can survive in anywhere, in any place, and at any time. So yeah. like that's why people say, say, Patrick is not afraid of anything. You mm -hmm. say, hey, let's go. I say, let's go. Because I believe in one God, one and only true God. And I believe in democracy and I believe in justice. And so that is why when people say, oh, this immigrant, they just came to this country, they're taking our country. I say, no. Uh, apart from English, I speak 20 different languages. Wow. Currently, concurrently, I'm one of the leading translators for the EROR for the and I'm, I'm, I am an independent contractor for the immigration I sit close to immigration judges that I help to translate I use my legal skill and my language to translate like to help judges to to dispense justice fairly in this country hmm. and I've sacrificed my life for this country before coming to the United States I've lived my life I've gone through ranges I've gone through I've, I've faced fire like the major that I say, the helicopter crash landing secret. I don't want to go to that because of, of classified information that I don't want to sit here. Sure. So like, so like, so so many, so many things went under the bridge. I have sacrificed my life. Like, some of so most of us went to Iraq to Afghanistan, and it was only like few of us were able to come back. But we did that for dignity and for what the America is because our forefathers fought for this country. And like, lots like what is happening today, the Federalist Papers will tell you that um, where, there is, where there is no rule, then anarchy will prevail. But America, thank God for the United States for human rights, for democracy. This country have a found foundation. Uh, it doesn't mean who is, who is at the helm of affairs, but America have separation of powers an absolute separation of powers. So that's why you see people have the right to the First Amendment. People have right to protest, but at the same time, you see people have right to obey the law. You are not allowed to disturb property. So that's why the America for me is like heaven. Because <laughs> back home, I will tell people who are listening, like, I, since I came to this country, I've enjoyed uninterrupted electricity. They are for basic human rights, there are basic things that people overlook in this country. Back home in Africa, I used to work to go to school. In the United States, when I came to Boston, I, I live at, in Reading. You have buses plying the route every 15 minutes. So I see no reason why the average American kid should complain. Because in as much as things are difficult, but they are strong basic amenities that the parents and the government are provided. 
It is only this country that they give people student loan to go to school. You go to school, you do what you want, at the end of the day, you pay. It is only this country that they give people full stamp. Back home, there is no full stamp. You don't walk, you don't eat. It is only this country I see people run to the ER, the emergency room, and then they treat them later, they tax them to pay. In Sierra Leone, as I speak, if you don't give the money to the doctor, you die. Wow. So these are, yes, like, like, like the safe drinking water. And in America, if people have pipe born one in water, people go again and buy water. I see people waste the food. There are so many wastages here. Like people eat food is enormous vehicles. You can come here, people. As long as you work in this country, people go to the to to this car center. They take any type of cars you want to pay for it. Africa is not like that. You have to physically give the cash before they give you the car. <laughs> yes. So, so you see. So like when people complain, it's oh. Oh, America, oh, it is Trump, or oh, it is Biden. I said, no, I believe in one America. I believe in, I don't have racism in my name. I believe in United States. I, I, I don't judge the man because of the content of his skin, but I judge the person based on the content of his character. In my contracted life, I've worked with so many people, Indian Americans, Black Americans, Latinos, White Americans. Luckily today, I'm a proud American. You see? So, like, from TCN, you see how I've transcended my life. Now, I'm the only Sierra Leonean with a PhD in law and policy, and I'm an American citizen. So now, I have vast, explicit, and tacit knowledge if I want to serve this country, to work in the federal, because which is my dream. I want to be a military officer, like, to join. The only problem now is my age. <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> I just told, I just told 40 years. And now the, the back home, the people are looking forward for me to go and help because someday I would like to be a president because if you go to my Facebook page right now, like I've, I've projected myself, I said, well, 2028, I want to contest to be the president of the Republic of Sierra Leone because I've learned wow. so much in the, yes, I've learned so much in the United States of America. And, and the school I went to, Northeastern University has given me so much knowledge that I want to go back home and disseminate and help. Because Africa is very, very rich, don't get me wrong. But because of the dictatorial tendencies, our leaders tend to stay in power for so long. Although they are referred to as benevolent dictators, like you go to like places like Uganda. A benevolent been, dictator, I yes, love it. Yes, <laughs> yes, 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 yes the, president, the president has been in power for 30 years. Or more, but each after every five years, it will conduct an election, and then it will emerge as the winner, and then it will suppress all the other people. You right. Go to, uh, yes, you go to, uh, to 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 other Africa countries like Zimbabwe. Robert Mugabe was in power for like God knows how from nine, from the eighties, except recently when they have to remove him and then they give somebody else. So, but like, the good thing about United States. The Constitution makes it supreme that there are elections, regular elections, every four years. And then you see a peaceful transition of power from right. one generation to the next. Right. You see separation of powers. You see the judges, how they are appointed. You see the courts, how the Fifth Amendment talks about equal protection under the law, the First Amendment. It is only in the United States you can go on Facebook and say, oh, President Trump is this and that. 
You don't do that. Africa, you say that the next day you are behind bars. They go after you. <laughs> right. You just see? try it, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. You, you don't try it back home. Like you see, like here, you see, like people have, yes, it is our second amendment. The right to the second amendment. People say, yes, we have to carry guns because it is our second amendment. Yeah, yeah let's do it. So America for me is like heaven. So like that's why when I talk to people, I say, listen, there are so much opportunities in this country. There are so many things you can do with yourself, but it has to come from you. You have to have the tenacity. You right. have to have the zest and the zeal. So that's why I'm grateful for you for bringing up a program like this so that all the other contractors will know that they are not only helping themselves, but they are doing so much, especially to those TCN out there who are looking forward to greater opportunities for them to come over to this side. Mm. But the only way you can do it is you have to risk it all. Because mm. I, risk every, I risk everything. I went to Iraq. They said, when my father said, well, you're going to die, I said, well, that is inevitable to come on it to come. I risk <laughs> it. Yes, I said, to come on it to come. But I have to fight. For, I have to, 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 to liberate the family. I have to liberate my wife. Then liberate the family. But I only do that if I take the great risk. So no risk, hmm. no gain. Right. So, yes. Man, that, you know, that's, uh, you know, I'm so, I'm almost at a loss for words, but I'm just so grateful to hear so much of what you're saying because, uh, you know, I talk with so many guys and, and, and we sometimes get a little cynical. We sometimes get a little frustrated and upset because, so many people just take so many things for granted. And one of the things of the, there's a great many things we we could talk about, but one of the things you mentioned was like power. You know, people mm-hmm. take for granted, you turn on the tap and there's water coming out of your faucet. You turn on the light switch and it's on. Mm-hmm. You turn yeah. on the TV and it's there. You turn on your computer and it's running and you got the internet service. All these things that we have here in America that we take for granted, that we forget about, the, that in, any, in, in, a, in so many other countries around the world, it's a luxury. It's a luxury. And in fact, in Africa, if you have a car, people consider you to be a millionaire. If huh. you have a car, you have a computer, you're going to school, you have a laptop. Like education is not a right, it's a privilege back home. Hmm. But yeah, every every little kid is equivalent on you to go to school. The federal, the government, are, the, I see the, 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 the state have put so much funds in education system here. I see they do school feeding program. Kids have access to laptop. I always started using computer when I get to Northeastern University School of Law. Hmm. Wow. In my whole life, with my whole life back home, I was <laughs> never having access to a computer because in Africa you pay... Interestingly, you pay for the computer fees, you pay for all of these things in your tuition, but then there is something they refer to as white elephant. Mm. You go to the hall, there are no computers. You go to the hall, there are analog computers, but there are no electricity. Mm. So like, uh, so like you, you, you are willing to learn, but there is no light. So like I see people when they say, oh, Patrick, why are you always smiling in my place? I say, because I'm in the best place at the same, at the best time. Hmm. Because because America is a place where I, I I don't have to think about what I'm going to eat in the morning. Right. Sierra Leone is a country where the average Sierra Leonean is living below two dollars a day. Hmm. So that is how pathetic that country is. The country is endowed with enormous mineral resources. We have zircon, we have gold, we have diamond. Sierra Leone has the third largest arbor in the world. We hmm. have one of the cleanest diamond in the world. 
but because of bad governance, selfishness, greed, and corruption, we are at the tail, at the bottom of the human economic index. Wow. It is only now that the current president is trying to bring out corruption, that they just won the, uh, the, the this award, like they see, there is this award that they used to give to Africa, to third world countries, and if you do well in your human rights records, and then they give you, the U.S. give you some money. So I just, just won that award. Hmm. But then, like, corruption is rampant, like, within even the current government. Like, they, they just auditor, they completed Auditor General report say that this current government has embezzled so much hmm. that, that it, it, has, it has to take only the grace of God for the country. Yeah. As I speak, there are no monies in the coffers. So you know, that's why I've never that's why I've never happened in the United States. <laughs> well, you know, and, and uh, a couple of things I want to hit on. One of them uh, is kind of an aside, but uh, before I forget, I want to say, you know, um, there's a lot of folks out there that that I talk to that I know, um, and some that I've come to know. Um, but a lot of us feel the same way, you know, when you talk about you know, helping out TCNs and other people from around the world, because a lot of us don't have a problem with immigration. Okay. We don't have a problem with, with people from another country coming over here and, 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 and uh, trying to make something of themselves and, and have a better life. We just want them to do it the right way. We want them to do it legally. And, you know, and unfortunately not everybody can come over here to America. There's just, you know, <laughs> there's just not enough yeah. resources for yeah. everybody to come over here. But, you know, I, the, the thing I really want to hit on is that, you know, one of the things I remember, and, and, and I've never been able to articulate it properly, but uh, people like you, Patrick, and some of the folks from your country and other countries there in Africa that I worked with, uh, a lot of times they were kind of an inspiration to me because I remember thinking to myself, man, look sitting down or standing up and talking with these guys and just hearing some of the stories, it's like, man, how do you guys do? And then you come over here and it's like, you know, all, all, all this BS aside, I've got no problems compared to these guys. I got no problems, <laughs> you know? Yes. So I'm just saying it, you know, so, and, and to see them get up every day and, and get out there and try to have a good attitude and do the right thing and do a good job and be a good person in spite of all the all the problems they have back home and, and their upbringing and, and what they might have to go back to when they're done, you know, um, you know, it just, you know, so for me, when I when I came home and I called it quits and when I look at things, it's like, man, and then I talk with people like you, Patrick, I'm just saying it, it is a source of inspiration, uh, you know, because you're not asking for people to give you money to, to, to you know, you, you bootstrap it, you do it yourself, but, you know, a little help here and there doesn't hurt, you know, because you're doing it right and you're a good person and, and you're not cheating or stealing or, or anything like that. So, you know, that, that's, that's a great story. I'm just saying that the people like you are a source of inspiration and, 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 uh, the other thing I want to hit on, though, you said, uh, you know, the vast rampant corruption over there. I mean, I got a friend that uh, I know South Africa is completely different, but, um, you know, he his wife uh, moved to the U.K. And he's trying to get to the U.K. now because he said things are so bad in South Africa. Um, he's got a bounty on his head. And, and so do a lot of his friends and said, really? And, and I don't want to go too deep down to that rabbit hole, but I, I just, you know, um, there are a lot of places in this world that, and you talked about it, that are just so bad. People want to get out of there, but they can't because the country won't let them out. 
Yes, um, that, that's very, very correct. Like, I give you an example. Like, there's if you go to the, there is a trail in West Africa uh, before this time now that they call Temple Run, where you see mass influx of girls and boys, some running to go to the Sahara Desert, risking their life, going to try to pass uh, through Libya and then to sneak over, cross jump into a boat or to what they can have to cross over to go to the Mediterranean Sea and cross over to Europe. And there are others who are banking on this overseas illegal recruitment, which I refer to as human trafficking in international law, who, who don't know the system, but they just want to leave the country because of hardship. And corruption in Africa, I have no iota of doubt to say it's a canker worm. It is it's the fabric that is eating all Africans. And mm. because of bad governance, corruption, and maladministration, and lack of um, respect for the rule of law, and lack of the dignity and respect for women, and the fundamental principles of human rights, which falls in accordance with the Universal Declaration of Human Rights that says all men are equal and women are equal. And most African leaders tend to hold the power, like they tend to stay in power for so long. So that is why, it's, which is quite different from the United States, when you look, when you read the Federalist Paper 10, James Amutin and Alexander uh, Amutin, James Madison and Alexander Amutin and Alexander Amutin spoke about the Federalist Paper. They said, where there is no rule of law, factions and insurrections occur. Hmm. It means that anarchy, chaos, and doom will ensue where there are no rule of law. Where the people tend not to respect the fundamental rights, like the team put here, I will tell you, like, like to uphold like the right to life or like the right to a fair hearing, then you see people who start taking the law into their own hands. Yeah, so this is what exactly like what we've seen in, 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 in the United States. They have to listen to all sides. Mm-hmm. You, 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 you see, the, the reason why you see people are going to the capital, they are not just doing it because they are stupid. They have a, 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 a amount of people, they have the, the right to free speak in this country. And they have to listen to them. And when they listen to them, then you're able to sit and then they listen to their grievances and then they look at what they are talking about. So people are saying, oh, well, we, we, are, we, are, not, we are not satisfied with the votes. They have the people, they have the system, let them count it. So people are saying, oh, we are not satisfied with the elections. We want A, B, and C to happen. So until those things are met, then you're going to continually see more protests. So back home, the right for under our laws, like like Sierra Leone, the 1991 Constitution Act Number Six clearly spells out that you have the right to peaceful protest. But when you want to protest, and then you go and meet, like the Inspector General of Police, you say, "Hey, we want to stage the protest." They they will not give you the pass to protest. So when you come out, then the government will fall on you heavily. And then they will imprison you, they detain you, some people. And like the prison system here is not, the back home is not like the prison system here in the United States because I only work in the prison system. I know like here, inmates have their own cell. They have the fundamental right to food. They eat, they have three square meal. They have the right to shower. And they have the right to a judge or to a jury or to a hearing. And back home is not like that. Hmm. You you are at the mercy of the government. Right. The president is the king. The president is everything. 
the president the, the president have right to fire and and and, and hire. Right. So like when you fall when you fall in the bad books of the government, you are done. Right. So 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 so, so that's why you see the reason why back to your question, the reason why you see Africans are so resilient. Like in you see you go to a place to to, to work here in the United States, you see Africans working overtime because most of who are not they are the breadwinners, like me here. Hmm. I am the breadwinner for the rest of my family. I have a brother and two sisters, and have a, I have a son. My son is back home. Hmm. So each month, I have to send nothing less than three or $400 back home, hmm. which is quite different. I'll come to the cultural aspect of it, which is quite different to the American system. Right. In the, Ameri- in the American system, you have the nuclear family, you have the man and the woman, and their kids done. <laughs> home, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I didn't mean yes, to cut you off. Go ahead. Yes, back back home in Africa, the traditional African system, we live in an extended family. Like now, Patrick is here in the United States. My entire village, everybody is depending. Everybody say, "Oh, we have a son who is in America." So especially when they know now that I have an American wife, so they say, "Oh, the wife is an American. The wife is a doctor." So somebody will just they will just try to get hold of your number. Once they get your number, they start calling you by three a.m. One day, <laughs> and, and and yes, and they don't send money. Yeah. And so they expect you to do it for it because it's part of our culture. Like the the, the, the African culture is quite diverse and it's quite different from from the the American culture. Like that was one of my uh, the bottlenecks I have with my wife. Yeah. Like she said, oh. He said, oh, no, 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 this cannot be done. You take the money out of my household. Yeah. I said, oh, I said, yes, well, only yes, I agree. Yeah. But can I speak to you? Because um, I have people who are languishing back home who don't even have a meal. Who right. don't even have the last coin penny to pay for medical. And if I don't send this money, they are going to die. Right. Then sometimes I'm between the rock and a hard place. Whether I should satisfy my wife or I should satisfy my, my people. Right. Because the the, 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 the African culture also there there, there is a woe, like there, there is a cost if you feel to if you if you come out good like me now, I'm 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 a success story. Like everybody say, Oh, that is a doctor. What next? Let him come home. We need this, we need phones, we need shoes, we need this. But no one is sending money to buy those things. But hmm. they expect you to dwell to buy it. He has go back home, give them, and then they say, Oh, thank you, it's our kid. Which is different from America. People save here. If people are going for vacation, they work their money, they work hard, they spend long hours at the job, they save their money, and then they fly, they go and have quiet enjoyment, they have their home, which is quite different. So those are some of the interesting aspects that well, I've learned. Like <laughs> yes. Well, you, yeah, you know, and you hearkened on a couple points. I mean, you know, one of the things uh that that um you know it comes up fairly frequently amongst my family members anyway um i've got you know two of my boys um date um uh, mexican women and uh you know we joke around and they know that i'm just joking um you know i've met both of the women they're both fine young women and uh you know uh, but where i'm going with that is that what i find most fascinating lately is that it seems like the people that I've met that have immigrated to this country, that have gone through the legal process and done it properly, 
they they find, they take great delight and great pride in knowing the American hist- the history of America and mm-hmm. knowing those those documents that you talked about, the Federalist Papers, the Constitution, uh, the Bill of Rights, and they take great pride in knowing all that stuff. And a lot of them know it way better than people that were born and raised here in America. (laughs) Yes, there are are reasons for that, which I will highlight. I will tell you, like, the reason for that, because um, for you to become an American citizen, you you have to go through an exams. And there are several stages, like when you come to this country, um, luckily, I study immigration law, so like I'm okay with the things. I have a master's in, in international, international law. So like, um, if you come to this country with, um, like me now, like my case, I came to this country with a B1, B2 visa, which means it was like a business and also investment visa because hmm. somebody had to vouch for me, which was the major. I said, yes, I know him. He's not a public charge and he's coming here legally. Right. So that is why I'm very firm on that. I said, yes, I agree. With if people want to come to this country, let them come legally. Right. So when they come legally, then you, you, it's fair play. Do the right thing, come to this country legally, and then do the right thing, obey the laws. So America is for everybody. But when you come, you have to you have to work. And then you have to you have to pay your bills. You have to pay your taxes. And yeah. that way, you... you, 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 you you are not in trouble with the poli- with the law because um, ignorance of the law, they say, is no excuse. But at the same time, if you knowingly and willfully and defraud in the state by not paying your taxes, it's a crime. Right. So you land in prison. So, like, back to your question, why you see them studying those things? Like, well, I have been a lawyer since back home, so I'm okay with those things because Sierra Leone, our legal system is analogous to the Commonwealth system like England. Hmm. So, like, we are the original founder, like when you talk about common law, like I will tell you, like we are the, um, the, the 1787 when the king, we are fighting, like that's why I like Boston, because we, we, when they were talking about the confederation, like we are talking about secession, about the end of slavery, which falls in line with the 13th Amendment. And you, you realize that the monarch, America became America because they wanted to secede from the monarchy. They wanted to be an independent and free country. So that is why the United States is like this. That's why they have, like, right now, have up to the 27th Amendment, which is different in the United Kingdom. They have the monarchy. The queen is the ceremonial head of state, and they have the prime minister, which is different. Like Prince Harry, Prince Charles, they are, they are born rulers. Whether they go to school, they don't go to school, they are starting money that is given to them in Britain. They are, you see them, they are king, which is different from the United States. America is a capitalist system. You have to come, you work yourself up, and then you can be whatever you want to be if you are born in this country. And then like President Obama did, he became, he became a president, a black president. People like Martin Luther King, people like Donald Trump. As long as you hard working, America, the people, nothing is impossible in this country. So, right. so, so like, like you see, like, like back to your Mexican um, family you're talking about, they know those things because when we come, things the American citizens take for granted, kids that are born here, like I tell you about lights or about food or about toys, the Americans, the average Americans, they take them as an everyday life. They say it's their right. You see, we, we take it as an opportunity, like a privilege. 
Like, right, and that, that makes a big difference. Yes, that makes a big difference. And it's only this country that I've seen kids saying, born America, they say, I hate school because they have alternatives. In America, you, the kids can decide to be like the liberal James. They can decide to be like the Arnold Schwarzenegger, like to be, say, oh, I want to be an Hollywood actor. I just want to rap. <laughs> I don't want to go to school. Or they say, oh, I want to be a contractor. Or I want to be like Chuck Norris. I want to be an actor. <laughs> there is a place for that in this country because of um, the way the United States, there are, there, are, there are enormous opportunities, if I can put it that way. Right. But back home, but back home in Africa, like Mexico, like in other third world countries, it's only one way. It's either education or nothing. Right. Like we they say in Latin, say opt optimum or opt the hill. They say either the best or nothing. <laughs> like me, either you seek education or nothing. Because if you are not educated, in fact, if I was not educated, there is no way I'll be able to to speak to you. That means <laughs> like that's what I'm doing. So like you see some other Africans, like they are unable to come to this country, not because they are dumb, but because they do not meet the requirements. And the embassies put strict measures for you to come to this country. So mm. that's why again, sometimes you see people sneaking. They say, well, we've tried ABC. Well, let's risk our life. So like they do what they refer to as temple run. Some go to places like they risk their life, go to cross the bridge, cross the river, and then go to Europe. Others take it, go to the jungle, and then come up to Mexico, and then try to come here. Other resort to like things like drugs or other things just to do illegal things just to get to the country. But all that boils down to when you are educated. The the, the Quran said it's a ikra, it's a read. The Bible said it says it says it says you have to show yourself. It's a study to show thyself approved. Hmm. So when you stick those things, when you read, and you seek the face of God, it says whatever you do, put everything on it. So even if it is it's a trade job, or even if you are a baba in this country, I, I've seen baba in this country that they, they drive homers, they have big houses because they concentrated on it. They have the license, and you, they pay a baba, the average baba in, in like Boston. My baba, I pay him twenty-five bucks. So that money is a big, is a huge money. If you get ten heads for day, you are able to survive. So education for me is the key. So that's why America is hmm. very, very. You see, America, you go, you, you, if you go to the military, like to contract, you see, most black men, most people come coming from third world country, they go to the military. Hmm. Because, like, for us to take a risk is nothing, because, like, it is, I only have to get insurance when I get, when I came to the United States. Back home, I've been in Africa since I came to this country at, at the age of 35. I, I never got what is, what, I never knew what was insurance, what hmm. was life insurance. So, so you see, so like for even people to have access to medical facilities. So that's why you see most of our leaders, they fly, they, they fly from Africa, they come here for, to come, they come to the West or to the United States to come for medical, for good medical care. Right. While the masses live in misery and abject poverty because the health system is nothing to write home about. Yeah. So, so that's why you see people who are coming from Mexico, whether they are coming to Florida to, 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 to pick an apple, for them, they see it as utmost joy because they are sure of getting paid. They are sure of getting a place to sleep. They are sure of getting shelter over their head. And they are sure of getting security. Right. So, because, go ahead. Well, I mean, well, and, and it's, 
I mean, I understand, you know, that at the base of that is, you know, it, it's safer, it's more secure. But, but, the, but the premise of it, the big thing is that the, uh, the opportunity and, uh, yeah. you know, and I have discussions with people where I say, you know, uh, life isn't necessarily fair. Uh, most things are not guaranteed and not everybody can be this, that, one thing, another. But the opportunity is there. Now, whether yes. it'll work out for you or not, who knows? But, yeah, well, that's our, but our if you topic. don't take that challenge, if you don't try to make it happen, if you don't, if you don't put everything into it to make it happen, it ain't going to happen. Um, yes. Well, I relate to that because, like, like I became a contractor because I finished, I graduated from school. There were no jobs. My dad, um, the, the, the government is power, and power was not from my clan. And my father was nowhere to be seen because the, the war broke out. He was displaced. And in Sierra Leone, you can have a PhD, but if you are not connected to the power that be, they, are no, they, they will not give you jobs, which is different in the United States. You will not get a lawyer job, or you will not get a bigger job, or you get a job. You you are hello. Right. Yeah. Well, yes. Yeah. You, you are you are you are you are in America. It doesn't matter the type of job you get, but there are jobs. Right. You, you can go. You can go. I do a two. Like currently, I'm doing a two or three jobs. But I'm, I, the, the, the little I'm getting, it helps me to pay my bills. And it helps me to pay my car note, and it helps it help me to take care of my kids and take care of my wife. Yep. Well, which you, which you don't get back home. Back home, you have to belong or you belong. I will tell you. You say what that means. <laughs> either you belong to the political party, or you have to sign. You have to give your allegiance to the government. And then, like the women, our women are very, very vulnerable because, like, mm. you graduate from the university, fine, fine, grown-up woman, but then if you don't compromise, by that I mean, if you don't allow like a government minister to have an affair with you, a sexual relationship, mm. there are no way they're going to give you that job. Wow. Yeah, if you don't, yeah, like you can apply, you can apply, go to places and say, okay, you short, you say, okay, you have this qualification, they take your paper, your resume, put it under the table. And then the person will say, "See me by seven o'clock," which is corruption, hmm. which is uh, which is not uh, in the uh, United States. If you rape, you go to jail. Yeah, right. back home, back home, uh, uh, you, so you will see them. They say, "Well, the person, they want to see you here by eight nine o'clock." Hmm. Uh, there are no office working by eight nine o'clock. Why <laughs> do you want? A, why 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 do you want a woman to go and meet you for an interview at nine o'clock at night? <laughs> so, right. so people have to, yeah. So people have to compromise that for just for them to have a job. Right. And then, if you are not belong, if you are not belonging to like a particular political party, like the majority political party, like the minority see you as an enemy, they tag you, they call you, they, they give you names, and they do a, a, a lot of unlawful arrest. It's not like here. Yeah, like I, I, I've seen democracy in this country. Like like previous government, I see President Obama became become a president. And taking people like Senator Kerry, working with them, I've seen like uh, uh, other people like like Donald Trump becoming president. I've seen him and uh, hiring people like Ben Carson, working with them. I see them, uh, but back home, like is the winner takes all. You are a president. You are the god. You are the alpha. You are the omega. Whatever, whatever you say becomes part. The opposition, the most of them, they are no free rights. The, the quote unquote, they'll tell you when they come to UN to give those fabulous speech. They say, "Oh, we uphold our tenets. We have human rights. We have this and that." And then when they give them the funds, 
they take these funds again, instead of taking it home, they, they, they take these funds and start to buy huge houses here in the United States. <laughs> they try to build their yes, they try to build their kids and then they try to 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 and when you, you buy a house in this country, you have to pay a mortgage. Mm-hmm. And if you are not able to maintain that at a certain time, the government is going to take it from you. So this is mm. the sad reality. That is why Africa is so corrupt. Mm. You go to places like Nigeria, you see people like General Sani Abacha, they have enormous money, enormous coins, uh, financial, huge financial background, back, 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 uh, the banks. You go to places like the Republic of Gambia, the former dictator, Yaya Jabe, Currently, they just they just frozen his houses back home in the United States in in, in Maryland. They said, well, they realized that they got all those things to illegal means. So now all mm. of those things he was hiding, all those uh, uh, plundering and looting, we call it spoils of war in history, because it is the people's money. Now it's going to stay in the United States. Now he's no more to be found. He's not the current president. Is 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 on exile in in. In, in Equatorial Guinea, you go, you see mm. president driving flashy cars. It's not like <laughs> it's that you, you, you come to conferences, they come with bloated people. You don't need to take, you have ambassadors in these embassies. Why do you need to take 40 to 50 people to travel with them on just a conference for a week? <laughs> right. When each, when each, each, uh, uh, when each, 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 each member of your delegation. The, the plane fee alone is going to cost nothing less than $2,500. You have to put them in hotels. Some have relatives here in the United States. When they come, they don't put up in their houses. They go they go to the wall of Astoria in New York. They go to those big, big house, uh, hotels in New York that cost like $2,500 a night. So, so, so all the people suffer. The masses are suffering. So this is where I want to buy. I want to go into politics. Like I want to go back home someday and change the narrative because we cannot continue like this. And hmm. the United States will not, will not be able to house everybody. Right. So it is us, the African-American, the few people that have darkened the walls of the universities, that have got so much education, it is us that needs to go back and help. Right. Because there's something they refer to in policy as the agenda setting. He said, he said, the people without this, the Bible, I'm a fervent Christian, so I like to give the quotation in the Bible. He said, my people suffer for lack of knowledge. Hmm. So when you don't have knowledge, it's a, it's a righteousness uplifts a nation. He said, but sin is a reproach. He said, when the people continually dwell in sin, continue dwell in evil practices, like they call culture, like the female circumcision back home, um, which I don't think as a culture, but it's just like a barbaric people use it as a means to survive. Because if they don't do to society like during the rain, they gather people and then initiate the ladies. And then at the end of the day, they make huge parties. People survive through that because they, 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 they have no, no steady income. They are constantly unemployed. They have no job. They have no security. No. So they use, that's why they said, if you live in Africa, people live in magic. You see a police officer, they pay them like below $200 a month. How are you going to expect that officer to apprehend a drug trafficker who is carrying a drug worth more than $10,000 of right. drugs? It's going to corrupt because the judge will say, hey, this is, this is 5000 bucks only if you are coming here. So this is why I like America. Like you see, they are the state, the police. 
they don't take money, they give you tickets. If you if you violate, they pull you over, right? Yep. They say, hey, you pull you over, and then they say, okay, you are a violation of this, they give you tickets. And then sometimes they use force when people people say, Oh, if you, if the police say, Hey, turn around and you you start to make as if you 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 know the law better and you want to defend yourself, it is it, having it's carrying a gun, it's going to show you that hey. I, I'm a human being to have the right to protect myself. Mm-hmm. So that's why, like, in my school, I'm one of the, the, the advocacy for the human rights and global economy. I talk about when they talk about black, black lives matter, they talk about, I said, listen, I'm a black man, but all lives matter. <laughs> oh, yes, I said, all lives matter. I'm a black man, all lives matter. And we have to continually give our servicemen, the military, like the contractors, the police people, we have to bless them. Because they leave their houses in, and they put themselves in the line. Right. So just look at what is happening. Just look at people like you. The, the, the tremendous sacrifice you did to leave your wife and family, to go and run some black ops, to just go out so that the average American can sleep at night. Yeah. But oh, yeah. Don't know, yeah. But people don't know. People don't know this. They just say, oh, when America, we cannot be the world policeman. No. When America sneezes, the whole world still catches cold. Just like what has happened here, you're going to see people are going to use it. African leaders are going to be referring to what happened at the state capital yesterday. Say, oh, well, you don't need to tell us. Look at the United States. This is what they did. People went to the to the capital. People went there and protested. So we are going to do it. We're, go, we're going to stay in power. We got people copied. So that's why America for me is the greatest country on earth. Hmm. I can give you an end. We can talk on this on so many issues when it comes to human <laughs> rights, when it comes to law, when it comes to law and economy. Because uh, luckily for me, I have the knowledge and I've seen it all. And yeah. it's an experience that I've gone through. So, like, I'm here. I'm ready. We can go. We have more time. <laughs> well, I, I got to ask you. I mean, we're coming up on wrap up time, but uh, I got a couple questions for you. Um, first, I want uh, this has been a fabulous discussion, and so I want to ask you um if you you know at some point in the future if you'd be willing to come back because there's so much more we could talk about you have such fabulous stories and there's a lot of stuff we haven't touched on uh but so i, I want to get that question out of the way would you be willing to come back and do this again at some point in the future yes any any time anytime i'm always willing because oh. like because as i said information is knowledge and knowledge is power right and power is Power belongs to the people. Yeah. So, like, uh, like we, we have to tell our own story as um, former contractors. Yes. And like, I'm happy. Like, um, you are able to showcase me. Somebody giving the, his own perspective as a TCN. This is somebody from a third country. Yeah. From an underdeveloped country who decided to risk mm. his life for the United States, mm. and who was able to transcend all difficulties, and then through grace, because. It, it takes the grace of God for you to meet people. And then through my own attitude, today I'm part of the 3% of people with a PhD in law. Hmm. I'm the first Sevalunian law and policy doctor. Hmm. You see, I'm the first TCN in my country like to, be, to have a doctorate degree. Right. So now I can do so many things. So I'm more than willing. We can talk about so many things <laughs> because like our brothers need... Our people need so much help yeah. because, like this yeah. contract, is, people say, "Oh, why are they doing this? Why are they going? Why, why are our troops here? Why are our troops here?" If if if, if these people don't face, if, 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 if these people don't go out there and sacrifice, 
then the, the world will be referred to like what Denis Boutos referred to in, in the pure theory of law. The, the world will be, society will be nasty, pure, and brutish, and short. And anarchy we assume, because if good men sit down and the bad and evil rise up, then anarchy, corruption, and doom will, will, will overshadow the act. Yep. So that's why I'm so grateful to all servicemen and women out there. You keep on doing good work. I'm so happy. I'm so <laughs> grateful for all my contractors. And I'm so proud of you for bringing up a platform like this. Because with this, you'll be able to uh, disseminate and transcend the information. And our voice will go far and wide. And I thank the listeners. I'm always willing and ready to come anytime, any day. We can talk on any topic, maybe <laughs> from human rights, maybe from law, maybe from whatever you think. So I thank you so much. Well, <laughs> and I thank I thank you for uh, for being a guest and uh, taking time out of your day to uh, to sit down and talk with me about this. Um, okay. So you know, with that said, uh, do you have um, a final thought or a uh, what we call a takeaway or a golden nugget that you would like to leave people with? Something to think about. Yes. Well, to the people listening to me, um, in the first place, I want to thank the United States for giving me this opportunity for my voice to be heard. And I want to thank them for giving me that offer because without them giving me that opportunity, there was no way I would be in the United States. My country I'm coming for, I have no school where they offer a master's of law. And for them here, you can continue trusting in your God and to continue to, I know they have the First Amendment, we say, well, people have the right to worship, or people have, you cannot force anybody to worship. What you believe, continue striving for what you believe, and you have to walk and never look back. And this country is a blessed country. You can go as high as your aspiration, and you can go as low as your emotions. Continue working, you do your thing, you obey the laws, you respect the laws and respect one another. And we are just one family in the global village. And all lives matter. Mm. And the finance one I will leave is never allow people to use you. Use your own instinct and take your own future into your hands. Because mm. that was what I did. Those are the few things I did. I never allow people to use me. I took my own future into my own hands. I said, oh, I'm going to seek education. My, my my culture, I was not supposed to marry to an American. They said, oh, you have to. I said, no, I don't believe in that. If she loves me, I love her. We are moving on. They said, oh, I'm a Christian, but I speak perfect Arabic. I read the Quran. Hmm. So I have my own things of life. I interpret different languages. As long as it's knowledge and as long as I'm obeying the law, because that is what is written. The Bible says, submit to the authority of the land. It's still honor your parents. The other things again will leave to the kids because of I realized that because of the, the nature of and makeup of the jobs structure in the United States. And most of the trouble we get in the United States is because of lack of parental care. You realize that the mom is going out from seven, she's coming back by four, the father is leaving by four, he's not coming back by so like the kids are there, they are actually training themselves. And now we have, the, 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 with the advent of the internet, the IT age, everybody have access to iPad and telephones. So the kids are actually training themselves. So, but if people can look back and then we can turn, we, we turn to God and then people can give 
basic moral lessons to their kids because it is written that train a child the way it should go when it's young so that when it's grown, it will never depart from it. That was what my dad and my parents did for me. They gave me the basic training, the foundation. So I took my own picture at the age of 12 years in the boarding home. I said, no, I want to be a lawyer. And I keep on pressing. I became a contractor. I became a teacher. I became an administrator. Today, here I am, a doctor. So I'm trying to take the bar now and become an American lawyer. So I will leave that for the people. And I thank you so much till I meet till we meet again. Thank <laughs> you so much. <laughs> Patrick, that's awesome, man. I mean, amen. Uh, that's, yes. that's, that's well said. Uh, so for everybody that's listening, um, I, uh, I want to thank you for taking time out of your day to uh, listen to this episode of Oconus the Contractor's Life with my special guest, Patrick Sovey. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this uh, episode as much as I did. Uh, remember to be careful what you wish for, folks. You might just get it. Uh, remember to stay safe, stay frosty, and until next time, keep it real. <laughs>